Welcome to Church on the Hill. Well, the presence of the Lord is awesome, isn't it? Hallelujah. Thank you, choir. We're so thankful to have your your heart and your passion up on this stage. Man, it just lifts me up. Um, I want you to know there are choirs in heaven. Praising the Lord. Um, Let's see, we've got a little business to do this morning. We need to vote for our new deacons. My ushers, if you are a member and 18 years of age or older and you would like to vote, raise your hands. We're going to do this real, real quickly. Get your hands up. We're just going to vote yes or no on the four nominated deacons that um, you have nominated. And they will start to serve in January, the month of January. You're going to see which four those are. I always get myself into a fix when I try to do this, but I'm going to try to do this. It's Greg Key, Burton Putman, Robert Owens, and Randy Dalton. And they have all agreed their six-year terms. One term is only for two years that has to be filled that uh, did not get filled. So one is serving just those two years. And if you would, just mark those and fold them in half and pass them to the center of the aisle. You guys will pass this way. You guys will pass this way. You guys will pass to your right. While you guys are doing that, I wanted to make a quick announcement also. You know, I don't like announcements. I feel like they kind of break the flow of worship. But this morning, all these announcements just show activity in life within our church. And uh, we had taken up a special offering last week for the Avery Trace food drive. And let me just say, the previous nine weeks, we took up $1,400, which met and exceeded our need. Last week, we took up $1,900. Amen. We just had an adoption ceremony um, on Friday and church, I think, it's one of the, I think it's one of the best things that we're a part of as a, as a church body, is being able to support that school mainly in feeding those children. And I think we are fulfilling the calling of the church. Uh, and the only way it can be done is by your help and by your support. And let me tell you, church, you guys have given exceedingly abundantly more than I could think or ask. And I want to encourage you, as you've been sowing and as you've been praying, the Lord is going to hear that, and He is going to bless you. He's going to bless you. You can't outgive God. Give, and it will be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be filled, poured into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, God will use. So I want to encourage you. Give. This is the time to give. Christmas season is the time to give. Amen? Amen. If we got those all taken up, ushers, we good? Will y'all please check out the children's ministries and make sure that those that need to vote there also get, um, get an opportunity? All right. Can we stand back up? Do y'all mind to do that? Let's stand back up. It's going to be very short. I'm going to read a scripture over you, and then we're going to sit back down. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sit back down. Um, can y'all bring up my PowerPoint? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Father, in Jesus' name, I just encourage you, pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask right now that your teaching, Jesus, would come alive to us today. 
And that, Lord, that we would set aside personal preference, that we would set aside prejudice, that we would set aside circumstance, that we would set aside feelings and things that we're facing, that we would set aside seasons, we would set aside the temperature, we would set aside the weather, we would set aside our jobs, we would set everything aside, everything that is, that is conflicting with our ability to receive from your word. Now, as we do that, Holy Spirit, I ask you to fill that, 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 that uh, emptiness we've just made for you. Fill us, Holy Spirit. As we come in here, Lord, it should be a less of me and more of you attitude. And Lord, the more of me, the more issues I have. The less of me and the more of you, Lord, the more peace I have. Father, in Jesus' name. Let your word be done in this place. And let us fulfill what it is that you desire us to. Thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Have a seat. All right, we've been in the Beatitudes. There is something so strange going on this morning. It's really kind of neat. I smell uh, syrup. I don't know if it's these candles. But and and I'm not a I'm not a big pancake and syrup eater. But it's one of those that when you smell it, it if you've ever watched the movie Ratatouille, and <laughs> and when that food critic is so nasty about everything, but he eats Ratatouille, it takes him back to his childhood. It was it's such a funny picture that they painted. But I smelled that and I'm just like, <sighs> that is so good. I love that smell. And I, you know what the Lord? I felt like the Lord was showing me. When we're genuinely worshiping him, there's a fragrance that comes from us that the Lord would just say, oh, it says in his nostrils that the fragrance, that the, that the, the fragrance that we release in our worship, in our intercession from our hearts, the Lord would just go, oh, yes. And that's the moment that I had. It was actually when Tammy was given the um, uh, testimony over it as well. I still smell it. I think it must be coming from these, but regardless. Don't start putting fragrant uh, uh, candles in here just because you think you're going to get me. I hate fragrant candles. But <laughs> you know what? It, it's just, uh, you remember the movie Elf when he's saying, can you put can you put syrup on noodles? And he said, was there sugar in syrup? Yes. Then yes, put syrup. If it's got sugar in it, I want it. All right, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Have I made you hungry yet? Good. Really, I didn't even th see that coming. That was God. Are you hungry yet? You sit in church and all you can think about is lunch. Where are we going to go eat? What's the wife cooked? What's my mom cooked today? Well, it's Monte Cristo's because it's my daughter's birthday and she's picked it out. So I'm all getting thinking about what I'm going to eat. Yet when we come into the, the God's sanctuary, when we get up in the morning and we hunger for our breakfast, we should hunger for the Word of God. God's saying, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. I don't mean just go through a ritual. Hunger and thirst. How many of you have ever exercised before? Don't raise your hand. You know, the more you exercise, the more you hunger 
to exercise. I, I went as a child to David Lipscomb basketball camp, and one thing they taught us was to stretch. We stretched every morning for hours. And when I got home and didn't stretch, my body ached and longed to be stretched. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for those shall be filled. It's a key scripture. Very similar to the beatitude that we read last week. Blessed are those who mourn. What are we saying there? Those who still care, who still are aware of their sin, their problems, and they want to change. Blessed are those, this one's saying, who hunger and thirst for what is right and do what is right. God's way. Now let's turn to Romans chapter 7, verse 15. If you got your Bibles, I would encourage you to get your Bibles out because I'm going to give you a lot of Scripture today. A lot of Scripture. I'm just going to warn you ahead of time. I love this Scripture. This, I can so relate to Romans chapter 7. Man, that's a blessing to a pastor's ear to hear all these Bibles turning. I think it's a blessing to God's ear to hear that we've brought his word, and it, it's just a sign. I want to learn. I don't understand what to do. For what I want to do, I don't do. Hey, uh, Blake or Pete, whoever's back there, follow me. I don't want to hold this little clicker. But what I want to do, I hate to do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but sin living in me. You know, if you're struggling with what you're doing, what it is, a sin is having, having his way in you. Such a good scripture for you to identify what's trying to work in your life. For 18, verse 18, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. I can so relate that I want to do good, but many times I don't. And what Paul is trying to reveal to us is what's at work. He's trying to say, you know, we so, so many times get focused on what we're doing wrong rather than the source of where that's coming from. And the source of it is Satan. The source of it is sin trying to work in your life. You want to do right, but something's holding you back. Well, there is no way for you to get out of this except one way. The only way you can be delivered from what you are struggling with is through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's where the hunger and the thirst have to come in. We've got to learn to hunger and thirst after Jesus Christ because if not, sin is going to win in our life. The Apostle Paul says, I know what I try to do, but I don't do it. And the only way for me to be delivered from that thought, from that feeling, from that action is through Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
We are delivered only through Jesus, not some 10-step program. Some of those are good. They might get you to tomorrow, but Jesus Christ will get you to tomorrow and forevermore. It's not a quick fix. Jesus is the only answer to our sin. You cannot overcome it on your own. You know what's amazing? When you get hungry, what do you do? You eat. It's okay, you can answer. You eat. When you get thirsty, you drink. Good. When you can't eat, what, is the, what do you think about? Eating. Any of you ever had to have surgery? And those mean doctors tell you you can't eat for however many hours it is? Then all of a sudden you are obsessed with food. It's all you can think about. And you show up at 6 o'clock because they want to do it early. Next thing you know, they postpone you till 2 o'clock. Well, can I eat? No. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks a lot. That's all you can think about is eating. Or same thing with drinking. When you get parched, when you get thirsty, it becomes an obsession. You feel like you're going to die. Esau signed away everything because he thought he was going to die. And he signed away everything for a bowl of soup. You know what? It's an obsession that drives us to action. It's an obsession that drives us to action. Do you see that those who hunger and thirst, what we need is we need that to drive us to action. Somebody say amen. Are you all with me? Okay. An intense hunger to where you have to have food or you die. I'm not talking about a hunger of a second helping. You know, you eat and you think, well, I could probably still eat a little bit more. That's not the kind of hunger I'm talking about. I'm talking about the kind of hunger that if you don't eat, you die. Many of us as Americans, we have not experienced that hunger. And we have got to get hungry and thirsty for God. And then eat and drink. Matthew 5, 6. Let me read you from the Living Bible. There we go. Happy are those who long to be just and good, for they shall be completely satisfied. I think that we would all agree that one of the, one of the struggles that we have, even as Christians, is that we do not live a satisfied life. Let's turn that back around. Happy are those who, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So what is righteousness? Let's just take a worldly look at this for just a moment from uh, Merriam-Webster's definition. Acting in, according with, in accord with divine or moral law, free from guilt or sin. Morally right or justifi- justifiable like a righteous decision. Or arising from an outraged sense of justice or morality. Now some sim- synonyms of this word are all right, decent, ethical, honest, Honorable, just, moral, nice, right, good, right-minded, straight, true, upright, virtuous. <coughs> Excuse me. Again, what I'm, what I'm wanting you to do today, church, is does that describe you or does this? Bad, <laughs> black, dishonest, 
dishonorable, evil, evil-minded, immoral, indecent, sinful, unethical, unrighteous, wicked, and wrong. Romans 3.22 says the righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Now, where am I going? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So the question should be next, how do I get righteousness? Right? The righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Where does faith come from? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay? Your ability to walk righteously is going to come by your faith. Your faith is going to come by you getting in the Word. Your, the Word's going to come into you, and all of a sudden it's going to start coming out of you. And the way it's going to come out of you is through righteousness. Not your own righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ. His Word, His way. As we fill ourselves up, you're going to see these, this filled and hunger and thirst are going to kind of go both ways. If we will fill ourselves with the, with the love of Christ, with the Holy Spirit, with the Word, We're going to be righteous. We are going to have the righteousness of Christ. If we have the righteousness of Christ and we hunger for righteousness, then we will be filled. This is a time where it feels like we come up short come Christmas time. That should not be the case. This should be the time when we are filled and satisfied. And not just at Christmas time. Your faith in Christ, your trust, your decisions, your whole heart desiring Christ. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my word and puts them into practice. Look who that person is. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck and that ha- struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my word and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Church, I want to encourage you. Storms are going to come. They will come. And do you know what storms do? They test our foundation. Have you had your foundation tested? How how were you left? Without a foundation? Without a house, or did your house stand? I want to encourage you again, the Word of God, Jesus is giving us His Word to show us how to withstand a storm. And that is to build your house on Him. On His Word, on His direction, on His Spirit, on His guidance. If you do that, nowhere in the words that say storms aren't going to come, it says the storms will not break your foundation. It will not tear your house down. You will bend with the wind, but you will not break. You will not break. I want you to know God's word is true. God's word is true. 
your foundation probably right now is being tested. And it's hard to build a house in the storm. But I want you to know, start rebuilding. Start rebuilding. Don't up and leave what God's responsibility has given you and try to rebuild somewhere else. Nope. Nope. Get back in with what God has blessed you with now and start building from there. He'll help you build. He'll help you build. If your foundation is built on the rock, on the rock of Jesus, on his word, on his righteousness, that is seeking. Do you see what it, what it says? It's those that seek and practice his word. That's the one whose house didn't fall. Seeking and doing. The scripture says, puts them into practice. Your foundation's not going to shake. Because it's, it's on the righteousness of Christ. But if it's not built on this rock, it will collapse. Let's go back to hunger and thirst. Isaiah chapter 44, verse 3. Um, I, Elizabeth and I co-taught Burton and Cindy's Sunday school class last week. Burton was sick, and, and I, she and I stepped in, and I just asked someone to start giving, what's the, what's the Lord speaking to you? I asked the class, what is the Lord speaking to you? And someone brought up Isaiah chapter 44, and it wound up being directly right where I was going this week. It says, for I will pour water on who? He will pour water on him who is thirsty. And floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your offspring. What's the key to this scripture? Who is thirsty? Who is coming to the Lord? Who is blessed are those. Um, let's see if I can remember. Isn't that bad? Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. You know those that are poor in spirit? are thirsty. They have recognized their great need. Those who are thirsty, it says, if you are thirsty for righteousness, you will be filled. What happens here when we're thirsty? God provides the filling. He gives the provision to those who are thirsty. Look what the Apostle Paul said after writing uh, 13 books of, of the of the, of the New Testament, and here he sits in prison. And look what he says. Not that I have already attained. What's he saying? He's saying, I know there's more. Here I sit toward the end of my days, but let me tell you, there's more. The Apostle Paul saying, I have not arrived. What is he saying? I hunger and I thirst for more. And let me tell you, this was an educated man. Let's continue this scripture. Verse 12. Not that I've already obtained or attained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Paul, toward the end of his life, is doing what? I love this, this word. He's pressing on. What is that? That's hunger and thirst. Have you ever heard the term press in, press on, go deeper? We, it is a movement. He is not standing still waiting for God to open every door. He is pressing on. 
How many of you know when you're trying to teach a child or trying to be taught that you've got to take what you're taught and now work through that and press forward? You can't stay there. You've got to press forward. Why? Because we want to improve from where we are today to where we need to be tomorrow. He's pressing in to God. Look at the next scripture, verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself to have yet taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Stop there just for a minute. Somebody grab hold of this. Because what's behind, there's no worth in going on digging up the past. It's in the past. And if you have walked accordingly, if you've walked right, you've already put the blood of Jesus on it, and it's done. It's paid for. I'm not going to let my past hang me up anymore. I have somewhere to go. You can't let your past hold you back any longer. You've got somewhere to go. But it's probably going to take dying to yourself to get there. Giving up what's in the past so many times. Going to the cross. You know what's at the cross? Death. Bloodshed. Pain. And that was taken off the cross and put in the grave. And and the Father raised Jesus Christ from the dead. He is not dead. He is alive. But you know what? That in the past is dead. You need, to, you need to get in your mind maybe a, a weekly water baptism and go back to the cross and let him put you in that water and let everything that needs to stay in that water be drained and gone wherever that water goes and get up clean again and let people be free. Let your family be free. Let your business workers be free. Free them. God's going to bless you. Are you catching this? But one thing I do. Now, Let's, let's stop just a minute. Yeah, it's Apostle Paul. He's got Jesus. He, he had that moment. He, you know, he, he's had a great life. Whatever. Think about what's happened to him. He's been beaten more than once. He's been whipped more than once. He's been put in jail more than once. What about you? What kind of baggage are you carrying from your past? Is it that bad? Let me tell you, it's worth letting the Lord have. It's perfect timing. If that baby could cry in about one minute, I've I've got a great word. I'm kidding. The baby's fine. But I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? When a baby cries for hunger, provision comes. I'm going to jump the gun here. Mama doesn't have to think about anything. It just comes. And when we cry out to God in his character, in the way the kingdom is built, when we cry out to God, provision comes. It just comes. But when we don't cry out, it doesn't come. God responds to your faith. God's pleased by faith. Okay, James chapter 1. Let me see if I can wrap this up. James chapter 1, verse 19. I'm going to keep working on you, church. I think the Lord's trying to work on you to get you going. Let's go. Let me tell you, at Christmas time, it takes God to get through the get through the holiday season. We need the Lord. Amen. I hear you. My dear brother and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be, listen, 
quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Why? Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Men especially. It says to be angry but don't sin. So many times we allow our anger to go way too far. And that kind of anger, human anger. Now, when our anger leads us to righteousness, I think that's a good thing. Have you ever gotten so upset to do the right thing that it made you get up out of bed and go do the right thing? That's good. But when anger leads you to sin, human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of it. Get rid of that moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly ex- and, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Don't just merely listen to the word and deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, say this with me, and continues in it. You look into the word and you continue in it, not forgetting what you've heard, but doing it. They will be blessed in what they do. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. It's saying to clean yourself up. You know what that is? Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who care about what you're walking through incorrectly, not according to God, that might be sin and is willing to turn. Blessed are those who mourn. Repent. Not just listen and be deceived. Do it. Anyone who takes the word and continues in it, doing it, they will be blessed. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Psalm 42, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you. My soul thirsts for you, God, for the living God. With all the struggle that David had, David had provision his whole life because he hungered and thirsted for God. You want to see how David took the word and used it? When he heard someone go against the word, he did not just go and just let that world just go on. Nope, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that's talking about my God incorrectly? Somebody needs to take care of that. Y'all won't do it? Okay, I'll do it. I will do the word, and you know what's going to happen to me? I'm going to get blessed. I'm not thinking about the blessing right now. I'm thinking about how that guy's incorrect. incorrect. Let's go find some rocks. What am I good at? Well, I'm good at this. What did he do? He stepped into his gifting. God anointed that gifting, which was slingshot. And he let it go. And David didn't kill Goliath. God killed Goliath through David. That... that that mountain in front of you, God can take care of it. You can't. God can. But you know what? David had to yield to the power of the Lord. And he had to come against his brothers and everybody else telling him he couldn't do it. Psalm 107. Some wander in the desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. 
hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord. What were they before they cried? They were hungry and thirsty. And they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached the city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. What has Jesus just rephrased? He has just taken Psalm 107 verse 9 and said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills. The hungry soul. You know hunger is a sign of life. If you hunger no more, you know what? You're either dead or you're going to be dead. Hunger and thirst is a sign that you are living. We are created to hunger in the natural and in the supernatural. In the natural, our stomach growls. Has your stomach ever growled? You know, when I had first, this is years ago, but when I had first um, considered going on a diet, Elizabeth asked me, the, asked me this question, does your stomach ever growl? I said, no. She said, well, you're eating too much. Your stomach should growl. You should get to a point where when you're hungry, you eat. When you're not hungry, you don't eat. We don't just eat to eat. How many of you, don't, don't answer this, how many of you eat to eat? Man, I'm just around food. When I sit at home on vacation or whatever, I'm just sitting at home, I eat. Food's around, I just eat, and I start putting on weight. It's unhealthy. But when I allow myself to get hungry and eat the right things, let me tell you, my body is healthier. But the same way in the spirit. Our spirit hungers for the Word of God. The problem is so many times we fill that spiritual hunger with the world. We think that will fill us, and it doesn't. It doesn't. The world is hungry, but they can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> Mick Jagger will never find satisfaction with where he's looking. It's not where it's at. But God, when we come to the river of life, he will satisfy us. He will satisfy us. Look at it here, John 4, chapter 7. I'm sorry, John chapter 4, verse 7. I'm almost done, but i got a lot more scripture to give you. When the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone to the town to buy food. I'm going to give this back to you guys. I know I kind of took the controls back, but go ahead. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and you would have given, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank it from, drank from it, it, it himself, and did also his sons and flocks and herds? Verse 13, Jesus answered, 
Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't go thirsty and have to keep coming to draw, draw water. Now, I want you to catch this. The moment she asked, God starts dealing with her. Jesus starts dealing with her. He's about to help her out of her hole. And he tells her, go get your husband. (laughs) She says, I have no husband. She's not going to tell him anything. And what does he say? You know, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have five. And the man you now have is not your husband. What you've said is quite true. (laughs) Sir, the woman said, I can see you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, the time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you don't know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Now Jesus, to drink of Jesus' living water requires a heart change. Can you see that when she said, okay, I want that water, what did he start to deal with? He started to deal with her heart. Not because he was condemning her of what she was doing, but it was hurting her. It had been a hurtful life that she had led, and the Lord immediately, the second she asked, was ready to provide deliverance. Hello? Do something. The second she said, give me this water, he said, Let's look at your heart just for a minute because I want to heal you. I don't want to just give you a drink from this well. I want to give you the right water that's going to heal you. Go get your husband. Jesus moved immediately into healing and cleansing this woman. There was no delay from her asking and Jesus answering. But let me tell you, Jesus doesn't do the drinking. He does the providing. We do the drinking, we do the eating, we do the doing. God responds to the cry of hunger. As I've just said, when a newborn baby is born, and there's a different cry. There's a cry of when they're hurt. There's a cry of when they got on a dirty diaper. And there's a hunger cry. And when that hunger cry really is in full bloom, the mother provides. It's natural. I want you to know that when we cry out to God, genuinely cry out to God for, for hunger and thirst for righteousness. We're hurting with where we are. I want you to know, just as a woman, it's a natural thing for a woman to provide for their child. It is a supernatural thing for God to provide for his children when we cry out to him. We want to over-spiritualize it and say it's, an, it, it's not a natural thing. It's a supernatural thing. It's supernatural provision. When we cry out, he provides. It's automatic. It's built in. It is the nature of God. 
Blessed are those who are poor in spirit and do something about it. Acknowledge him, seek him, and change. Blessed are those who mourn their sin and repent and turn. Blessed are those who are meek, who humble themselves. For God gives grace to the humble. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, who pursue it, who press in, who run after. God placed this hunger in us, and Jesus is the only one that can satisfy. Now let me close with Matthew chapter 6. So many of us struggle with worry. I want you to just let this sink in, and I'm going to close. Therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat and what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is, life not, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to its stature? You know what that's saying? What good has your worry done? None. None. So why worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet if you say, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which, is, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore don't worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For after all these things... The Gentiles, for after all, these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Now, we all can quote the scripture, but did you realize where it was coming from? It was coming from worry. It was coming from worry about how you're going to make it tomorrow. But seek first the kingdom. God's saying, quit worrying about your stuff. And he's going to answer your question to your stuff. Quit worrying about your stuff. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What has just been said? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. They shall be satisfied. Every need shall be met. He has just said right here in Matthew chapter 6, what you're worrying about, you don't have to worry about. Look at the lilies. Look at the birds. How much more will I provide for them? Quit worrying about that and seek my kingdom and my righteousness and walk my word out. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. We are to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Are you worried about tomorrow? You know, it's, it's easier said than done. I, believe me, I understand. And so many times God does not move in the speed or in the way that I want him to move. But without fail, he moves the correct way every time with the perfect timing. With the perfect timing. My whole testimony of my life would say so many times I get ahead of God, but when I slow down and I seek him, he comes through every time. Every time. Not always the way that I see it, but always the right way always better than I could have seen it. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Can I encourage you ladies, men, young people? Get in the word and walk it. 
get in the Word and walk it. We've had a situation with, with some kids in the high school and trying so hard to walk correctly, but being attacked in every direction. I know of so many adults that are trying so hard to walk correctly, but getting attacked in so many directions. I want you to know God's your provider. God is your rescuer. God is your deliverer. Not your spouse, not your boss. God. Now, he's going to provide for you, sometimes through your boss, sometimes through your family. But God is your provider. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for your word. And Lord, I just ask right now that, Lord, your word would just come to life in our spirit. And that some connection between heaven and earth would be made today for us to walk according to your word and to walk in forgiveness. I thank you, Lord, that you're my rescuer and you're my deliverer. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you tried to do everything every other way, but you've just found that nothing answers it? Jesus is the answer. We've seen today that Jesus is the only answer to your deliverance. Would you just right now where you sit, just make a decision for Jesus Christ? Say, Pastor, I'm ready. Is that you? Right where you sit, I just want you to pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive you. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. And I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. I can't make it on the way that I'm going. You've shown me today that you are the way. And Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. Amen.